Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. It is Monday. It is our news and predictions episode. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, AJ Tubura. I'm a fan of West Ham United, Minnesota United, which is going pretty terribly, uh, and a fan of the U.S. national teams, which I'm pretty excited about how our games against Morocco and Uruguay, I believe, is the other teams, you know, is going to go. So really excited about that. We're not talking about any of those teams. Uh, we're talking about other teams. And I'm joined by my co-host, Jack, who I believe doesn't have a team that we're going to talk about today. Jack, is that correct? Uh, slightly. We're like barely touching on okay. it. OK. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, barely. yeah. Jack, how are uh, you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, I moved out of my apartment today and I was moving boxes and stuff and cleaning stuff for about six hours. Yes. So um, a little tired, but still yeah. excited to talk about some soccer. We've got. Some interesting stories because two major European finals happened this past mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a bunch of transfers that are starting to yes. swirl around uh, because, you know, that's that that's the only thing that that happens in the European soccer season in the summer. Yeah. That's the only thing that we can look forward to there. So might as well talk about it and talking about some championship because there's some Whoa. big news there. All right. Well, Jack. I am very excited to talk about some of these, some of these teams, some of these uh, leagues, Champions League, the championship which you alluded to. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us talking about that some more at Final Third Show. It's always a good time. And Jack, we are planning to do a little something, something on Twitter. I believe on Tuesday. Why don't you talk a little bit more about that for our listeners? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, for those for those of you who. Uh, who don't know, actually, that's everyone, because we haven't actually announced anything <laughs> on Twitter yet. Uh, we are planning on doing uh, Twitter spaces on Tuesday uh, for hitting 250 followers on Twitter, because I know uh, no one really knows this. But one of the goals that we set for the podcast for the year was to get to 250 followers on Twitter. And oh, yeah. we reached that. Honestly, a lot sooner than I expected, because I think we went into this year with like 190 or something like that. So sure. uh, still pretty good. Uh, we're, we're excited for that. Going to try and talk about some soccer, maybe talk about uh, best 11s. We'll, we'll see. We're, we haven't quite figured out exactly what we're going to do on that. But it'll be spaces. fun. It'll, be, it'll fun. be fun. Yeah. So you should join it. Why not? Uh, timing for that probably later in the day, like. Uh, Probably six thirty and seven, but yeah, or seven. I, I, but I was thinking at a nice seven p.m. You know, yeah. sun's just setting down. We'll talk about some soccer at yeah. seven p.m. Central Time. We should say exactly. We, yes, we are, Central Time. We are not uh, West Coast Williams over here. So that that's a, that's a great name. Uh, but we we uh, you know actually that's a better reason to follow our Twitter. You know, so you can so you don't miss any of these details about this. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's great true. great reason to follow the Twitter. So follow us to stay up to date and to eventually listen to that twitter space yeah that's right all right cool well jack we are going to talk about some transfers first before we talk about you know any of the champions league stuff uh we got our classic classic final third segment like this is this is like we're we're known for one of two things. Number one is using the randomized wheel name generator <laughs> in order to pick the next team we're going to talk about in previews and reviews. And second is having a transfer hot or not, where I give Jack 
uh, a certain soccer transfer, a player or a manager moving from a team to another team. And Jack tells me if that's a hot transfer, if it's a really good transfer for for any or all parties or if it's a not hot transfer and it's going to be a, a, a flop. You know, it's a, is it a bop or a flop? You know what I mean? So the first one is probably going to be one of the bigger ones. And that is Sadio Mane, the recent Champions League runners up going to Bayern Munich, the Bundesliga champions for a reported 30 million euro dollar price tag. But there's no official bid. People know Sadio Mane for, you know, winning AFCON being a very central piece to uh, Liverpool's front three. Jack. Would that transfer Mane to Bayern be a hot or a not hot transfer? A hot transfer, obviously. He he's great. A hot take. He, I'm just kidding. Really? No, I, no, no, no. Of course, I, I, of course I was not. Say, I, I don't think so. Like I, I think any team would be lucky to get Sadio Mane on their team. Like he has been more inconsistent this season, yes. But at the end of the day, he's been an important part of a team that has been in like three Champions League finals in the last five or six years. Uh. Any team will take that, and Bayern will take it, and only get stronger. Uh, great, great transfer. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's hot, too. I do wonder if this means that Salah will stay, because they could probably afford to give him an even bigger contract. So, who knows? Who knows? I, I think he has confirmed that he's going to run down the last year of his contract. I think, okay. I feel like I remember seeing it. Uh, but we'll see. That is interesting. That is interesting. What else is interesting is a certain Italian legend, Cialini, moving from Juve to potentially LAFC. I, I know he was talking about either retiring or going to a maybe, some would say, an easier league like MLS. Jack, Cialini to the City of Stars, LAFC, is that hot or not? Well, you know... Uh, I think it's I think it's moderately hot. It's it's sizzling a little bit. He is 37. Yes, but he still managed 21 appearances in Serie A. Pretty physical league and is still a very good center back. Won the Euros. You know, I I think it's a pretty good transfer in LAFC. Uh, yes, they have good center backs, but I feel like having this kind of figure in the back line can only make them better. So yeah, I'll say I'll say it's pretty hot. The age is a little is a little mad, but then Tiago Silva also signed for Chelsea when he was 36. So you know, you never know. Yeah. I I I do think this is a, a little cooler. This is this is like a room temperature kind of uh Okay, I, I, I can respect it. I can respect it. I, I think not that Syria isn't, but LAFC and MLS as a whole, they're going to be experiencing more physical play, right? And we've seen from players like Wayne Rooney or you know Frank Lampard, who Steven Gerrard, who can't really adapt to the physicality and the very hard travel schedule for MLS. And I, I just don't think that Cialini is like that kind of person to put in a hundred percent effort for a team that he very clearly isn't a hundred percent sold on so for his sake even i think that he shouldn't do it and he should just retire and just chill out because i don't know it, it, it's it, it's it's not a tough league tactically it's a very tough league physically so i'm gonna go with a a cool transfer how about Rangnick uh from his consultant role as manchester in manchester united to potentially 
a role with Austria. Was that a head coach role, I believe? I, I think so. I, that's what the rumors have said. But Okay. What do you think about that? I, he didn't have a great, exactly a great season with Manchester United as an interim head coach. What do you think about him potentially taking over Austria? I think it's it's all right for Ralph Ragnick. Uh, but what what a cold transfer for Manchester United, because the only reason they signed him as an interim manager was for really this consultancy thing at the end of it. And now yeah. he's like, he, he got to, he, he got to see Harry Maguire for half a season and he was like, nah, this is it. Uh, and, uh, you know what? I don't particularly blame him, especially since the players wouldn't buy into his philosophy, but I, I, I think, I think it's probably best for him to get away from there because I, I don't think the club was going to do anything better for him. And the club clearly didn't seem to respect him. So, yeah, I, I definitely do think it's, hot for Rangnick. I I think he's never, you know, coached on the international level. I, I wonder how his style of play uh will translate to Austria. Uh he's he signed on the 29th of April, uh, but it was just this week that Manchester United said, hey, obviously being a manager of Austria is gonna take a lot of time, so let's not have you be a consultant. So yeah, I I do think it's kinda of a little bit of a waste of a year for Manchester United to not even have yeah. him for his, you know, written purpose kind of weird how about Perisic to Tottenham this is an this is an interesting one Jack because you mentioned that you would love to have Perisic at Chelsea in fact a lot of people would love to have someone like Perisic who uh most recently his big contribution for Inter Milan was scoring two goals in extra time to beat Juve in the the Coppa Italia he's 33 maybe still has a little bit in his tank Jack Perisic to Tottenham what say you? Hottest transfer on this list. I that, okay. That's actually a hot take. That is a hot take. I I'm seriously like Perisic was like my dream signing for Chelsea this summer. I know that sounds weird, but he he was available on a free, I believe. Uh-huh, that's and true. And he he's like he's a great left mid slash left wing back. That's what he's been playing as for Inter. Chelsea could have used that backup so badly. Uh, so I would have loved him there. But for Tottenham, great, because, you know, uh, the signings that they've had at wingback positions haven't quite filled out for them that well. You know, Regulon hasn't adapted to left wingback that well. Uh, Emerson Royale is all right at right wingback. Uh, Doherty, not great there either. Great signing. Fantastic. Uh, is only going to make this team better. And I'm sure having Conte there... You know, his uh, the coach that really got a lot out of him as inter right. title. Fantastic. I mm-hmm. I wish that I could be talking about this as him coming to Chelsea. Unfortunately, it's not the case. And I am a sucker for free transfers. And I think that, yeah, this is going to be a hot one. And I, I like it even more because, yes, he's old, but it is a free transfer. We, mm-hmm. we got to get that out of the way. I'm sure it's going to be a signing on bonus. I'm sure his salary is going to be higher. But a free transfer is a free transfer is a free transfer. And the amount of experience that he can bring to that back line, even if he doesn't play necessarily every single game, is going to be very, very good. All right. How about uh, another defender or another defender? Another. Yes. Another, another defender. Perisic, you can classify as whatever. Left but mid, Alonso, left wing back. Yeah. You know. yeah. But Alonso, also on the left side, to Barcelona, who is going to go through a little bit of an exodus as they let some players that they don't think are going to be in their future go and potentially 
players like Alonso in. Jack, as a Chelsea fan, you have a lot of opinions on Marcus Alonso. Is this transfer hot or not? Uh, it, it's it's like room temperature, maybe. It's good for Chelsea. Uh, I think <laughs> okay. I've, I, I want I've yes, he tri- chips in with some good goals, but he's getting up there in age and he does not track back to defend ever. Um, I, I don't think like every time I saw someone like trying to attack Chelsea, it was back behind him because he had bombed forward. Uh, if if he does well at Barcelona, cool. I, I don't get what Barcelona has against Chelsea, stealing all of our defenders. Uh, Alonso, Christensen, potentially Azpilicueta. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little upset at this point for it, but this, this would be the one of those transfers to Chelsea that I would be the least upset about because okay. his legs have been running down a little bit. Chips in with an important goal here and there, but I, I still think that it's probably time for him to move on to Chelsea and... You know, it's fine for Barcelona to have him. All right, cool. How about uh, Mkhitaryan to Inter Milan? Also going to be a potentially free transfer. Looks like uh, the left mid could be on 3.5 million euros a season. Uh, He is getting up there, so that relatively lower salary for a player of his talents, I guess, could be expected. Jack, Roma midfielder to Inter Milan. Is this... Hot or not? Honestly, this might this might be a bit controversial, but I think it's going to be a pretty hot transfer. It, yes, you're right. He is older. He is he's 33. He chipped in with a few goals and assists this season. Definitely not as much as like he usually did in, in seasons past. Uh, that being said, we we saw this same story from Roma to Inter last season on a free transfer with Edin Dzeko. Mm-hmm. That turned out great. I have a feeling Roma's about to let go of another really good player for them for free. And Inter's just going to get the best out of him. And if that's the case, great for Inter. And honestly, if it's a free transfer, pretty, pretty low risk type transfer, lower risk, especially since Inter have a pretty shaky financial situation. So I'd say that's a pretty hot transfer, you know? Okay. I... I don't think it's as hot, especially given his age. And it's not like he is a world-class player that's going to be a real difference maker for Inter. I mean, yes, he was good in Roma. He was okay at Arsenal. Uh, Especially at his age, I think he's going to be a role player. I think he's going to be behind uh, Hakan. And I think that's going to be just fine. So I'm going to go with a a sizzle, little bubbles. That's all. Almost a boil. Not that close, not that close. Okay, it, I see. It, 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 it's, it's warm. It's warm, but it's not hot. Okay, I, I see, I see. How about Diego Carlos, the Sevilla or former nope. Sevilla? V- Vill- yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Sevilla I, to Villa. Yes. <laughs> former Sevilla, current Villa center back uh, who played about 3,000 minutes in La Liga for uh, Sevilla. Uh, pretty good. Uh, center back, obviously, going to be going into his prime or is in his prime at 29 years old. Going to the villains, Jack, hot or not? Yeah, I mean, they are my personal villains in some ways, uh, Aston Villa. Yeah. But, you know, th- this is a pretty good transfer. Played 34 games, like you said, for uh, Sevilla this past season. Pretty good uh, Brazilian center back. Uh, you know, Villa had a bit of a shaky defense this past season, and they really needed to strengthen 
And I think Diego Carlos is a pretty good player who can do it, who can do that. You know, he chips in with some goals here and there uh, and pretty good passing accuracy. So I, I think uh, pretty good pa- uh, tackle uh, success rate too. Mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good transfer. I, th- I think that uh, that this is this is this is a pretty hot transfer. It's 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 reaching a boil. It's close. It, it is extremely hot for Aston Villa and absolutely freezing cold for Sevilla. Oh, yeah. Especially, and you consider the fact that he's probably worth more than the the 28 uh, million euros or how, how many millions of euros? 31 million 31 euros, I think. million euros converts to whatever. I'd say, knowing the way that Sevilla play and how quality he was for them, I'd put 15, 20 more on that. And I think that'd be reasonable. If 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 White can go for 50, he can go for 50 as well. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And especially when you consider that they may be losing, you know, it, it, it's still in the works, not even close to being done. Kunde to Chelsea potentially. To lose your two best center backs in one season, one for maybe a, one half of his value, freezing cold. Freezing cold. Yeah, not good for Sevilla at all. Yeah, not, not at all. Brendan Aronson. Our last one, moving from RB Salzburg to Leeds to join fellow Patriot, fellow American Jesse Marsh in the 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 safe Premier League bound Leeds United. Jack for what twenty six, twenty eight million dollars that it was twenty eight million pounds. Yeah, yeah. Is this hot or not? This is pretty good. You know, uh, I pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like it's it's it's. It's reaching a boil, I think, as well for this, uh, because it, it it's cool for Brendan Aronson to get to play in the Premier League. Yes. But at the same point in time that he's not going to be playing in Champions League anymore and presumably not any European competition for a few years, at least, uh, which is a little sad, but it depends. Like, do you do you want that Premier League uh, playtime, which, you know, he'll probably start quite a quite a bit because uh, if Rafinha ends up going, they're they're going to need someone to fill in that spot. So I, I think it could be it could be good. We'll 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 see uh, th- this time around. Uh, I'm not 100 percent convinced like this is the best transfer ever, but, you know, th- it's it's pretty good. Boiling hot. It's boiling hot. <laughs> OK, and it's boiling hot even if he doesn't do 100 percent well. Because I, I think unlike, let's say, the Josh Sargent transfer, where the way that the team plays and the way the team performed negatively affected his development because he's a striker. Brendan Aronson being in the middle, he's going to be facilitating play, whether they concede a lot, whether they lose a lot, whether they win and score a lot. So he's going to get experience no matter what. That's why I think the likes of Busio, even though Venezia finished literally last place, got a lot of positive experience in Serie A because he was in the midfield. He had to learn how to be a midfielder, which you don't really get when you are a developing striker in a very bad team. And so I think Brendan Aronson as a player is going to be developing well, regardless of Leeds results, because he's going to go against the likes of Mohamed Salah. Declan Rice in the midfield so it's gonna be a lot of battles that he's gonna have to learn from in terms of RB Salzburg 30 mil 28 mil in your bank account is always gonna be nice uh not that Red Bull as a corporation needs that (laughs) 
uh, for Leeds United, what's the things that they were missing this this year? Bodies to, to to fill in for any injuries and workhorse midfielders. Brandon Aronson was literally on the top of Europe, Europe when it came to distance covered. How much he ran, how much he he worked was unbelievable. And now Leeds United get a player like that, which they've been sorely missing. He he fits into this kind of play style that RB Salzburg and Leeds have perfectly. And the fact that he's getting coached by Jesse Marsh, an American who understands that system, literally was part of the Red Bull system, literally was the head coach of RB Salzburg. Come on. True. Hot for you, yes, men's national team fans, because now we have a reason to watch Leeds, and that's fun. But see, like that's that. the issue here. I don't want to have to have a reason to watch Leeds because well, I don't like Leeds. Well, maybe you'll like them more now that Brendan Aronson's there. You'll have one player. Yeah, you'll have one player and one coach that you like. It's kind of like a Juventus situation with Weston McKinney, where I'll, I'll like begrudgingly watch them, but I'll I'll only be happy if they're involved in a goal. If it's anyone else getting a goal, I I don't care. Okay, well. <laughs> As long as Rafinha's there, he's going to be in my uh, my fantasy lineup. So I'm going to cheer for him, too. I'm going to okay. cheer for him. All right, Jack, let us move on to uh, Europe, Europa Conference League and some Champions League news, starting, of course, with Roma winning the Europa Conference League. Uh, this is what? Wednesday? Thursday? Uh, Wednesday. 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 Usually it's on Thursdays. I, I, I always It always kind of makes me mad that you know, if you're going to have the conference and the Europa League be midweek, have it be on Thursday, you know? I guess that doesn't really work if you want to have the end of season games on the same day, like on Saturday, but whatever. Europa Conference League, Roma versus uh, Feyenoord of uh, the Eredivisie in the Netherlands. It ended up being 1-0 to zero for Roma in Albania, I believe is where I air Albania Stadium would be. I don't know where else it would be. Yeah, that would be weird. Best guess, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but pretty, pretty good game. All things considered for for Roma, uh, from what I've seen of the game, it seemed like it was a classic Jose Mourinho game. You know, not the prettiest, not the most sexy of games. I mean, they only had 33 percent possession. They got outshot and outpassed by Feyenoord, but it was efficient. It got the job done. A 1-0 scoreline is exactly what you'd expect out of uh, someone like Mourinho nowadays. It, it uh, wouldn't be any. If it was anything else, it couldn't have been Mourinho. It, exactly. It had to be. Uh, the goal came in, in the 32nd minute. Mancini floats across the back post, which is brought down by uh, Zaniolo. And the rest is history. He pokes the ball uh, right past uh, the, the Feyenoord keeper. Uh, Bijlo is probably not how you pronounce it. And... <laughs> Gets into the back of the net, and you know, like I said, it was pretty clear that Feyenoord had their chances. Uh, Thirteen shots to nine had had some chances that that they missed, but overall, the defensive effort from Roma saw them through. I even saw uh, Tammy Abraham go down for the dive and winked at Jose Mourinho. You could see it on camera. He winked at him just so they can kill time. That's the kind of that, that's the kind of efficiency. The Jose Mourinho. Yeah, that, that's how you know this team is coached by Jose. That's how you know. if it, that that's, that's something that he teaches, basically. Exactly, exactly. So uh, not just uh, Tammy Abraham and Zaniolo had good games, but also uh, the former Wolves Portuguese goalkeeper, uh, Rui Patricio, had a wonderful game. Five, Five saves. Five saves, yeah. Yeah, 
uh, was Man at the Match according to Foot Mob. Uh, you, you could argue that, uh, but but regardless, he was a very good goalkeeper, had a lot of key saves here, kept them in the game. And of course, now AS Roma have won their first UEFA title in their history and their first international competition since the Intercity Spares Cup in 1960 and 61. Jack, Roma winning? Happy? Not happy? What's going on? I, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, it, it it's cool for Tammy Abraham, you know? He he's won two European trophies in two years. Yeah. Uh feel feels good. Uh Chelsea Academy products come up strong again. Uh always gotta make it about Chelsea. I've got it. But also I, I do like Roma because I, I'm not sure if I told you this, but when I took that history of soccer class in the fall of twenty twenty at our university, wow. uh we got assigned to a team like to do group work, and mine was Roma. So I've actually been following them pretty like more casually than I would like other like Atalanta, for example, but I've been following them and seeing how they've been doing. And nice. I, for you. I, I, I was happy to see this. I was rooting for them all for, for them all the way in the conference league. Honestly, I, I, I like it. I, I loved seeing Tammy Abraham play well. Uh, and plus Jose Mourinho with winning this final makes history because he is now the only manager to win all three of these competitions. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's true. Roma are the first uh, team to ever win the Europa Conference League, you know? They, yeah. Nobody else can say that. Literally, exactly, nobody else can yeah. say that. So. They, they've, they've made history. Jose Mourinho's made history. Uh, and, you know, I, I do have to give full credit to Feyenoord, though. Great, great game from them. They they really did press. They not one at not one point during this game did they look out of it. They they looked like they were fighting and they they had you know they they might have had an easier path than other teams to get to the final. But hey, they still had to take out Marseille to get to this final. Right. They they fought their way through this and it was really cool to see them make it to the final and I think honestly with this game this proves why the Europa Conference League is so cool because there is not a chance that the Champions League final would be contested by Roma and Feyenoord. Not a chance, not even the even for the Europa League, that feels unlikely. Mm -hmm. So it's very cool to see this these teams make it to the final and have a chance to prove themselves on such a large stage. Uh, So, yeah, I I mean, I I thought it was great. Uh, I. I am looking forward to see seeing how Roma do next season in the Europa League, but uh, I do have one complaint about the Europa Conference League, and it's yeah. related to the other European finals. I feel I like I they should about. they should have a chance to contest for the Super Cup, yeah. right? Like I feel like I feel Three like they goals. should same time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, three, three. You know, make make something up there. I, I, otherwise, I think you know. Conference League and Europa League winners should play each other and then play the Champions League winner. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they could do that, you know, uh, make it a make it like a, a three day affair. You know what I yeah, mean? And plus UEFA gets more money from it. Like, I don't think they'd say no. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that, that will take a, a lot of coordination, though, but it would. But it, it would be I feel like, you know, for winning a final. Yeah, it, it's definitely weird that there's no. There, there's nothing more for the Europa Conference League winner, even though I, I feel like, you know, there should be. But regardless, yeah. uh, Jose Mourinho is now five 
Soccer 5 and European Finals. First manager to win all three. Champions League, Porto and Inter Milan. Europa League, Porto and United. Conference League now with Roma. And now, since going to Porto in 2002, he has won a trophy with every single team that he has managed. Except one. Tottenham Hotspur, 2019 to 2021. Crickets from them. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. It just means we get more fuel to banter Tottenham with. And, yes. you know, we, we love that here. We love that here. But Mourinho, obviously, great coach, even with Tottenham letting him down. So, yeah. Yikes. All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. We're talking about the Champions League, Real Madrid versus Liverpool FC, contested just yesterday in a crowded, crowded Stade de France. Maybe a little too crowded. Who knows? Jack, a lot of things happen in this game. Also, before this game. Because I think everyone wants us to, to hear our takes on Camille Cabello's performance. Yeah. Or the... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I also... I, I don't know. I was, I was going to say I, I don't like Camille Cabello. That would be a lie. I think her songs are okay. <laughs> Uh, but They're what I don't right. like are some of the other things that happened before this match, Jack. Yeah, there was a lot of bad stuff before the this match. The final got postponed because a lot of crazy things were going off in the in the you know background uh, of the stadium. Uh, it got postponed for about thirty seven minutes from its original start uh, slated start time because there were issues of fans getting into the stadium is the most neutral way that you can put it, most factual way you can put it before you're going into any details. Uh, basically, you know, the Real Madrid fans were there, but in terms of the Liverpool and the Liverpool-specific gates, there was some disorder, to say the least. Uh, there were claims that UEFA... There were claims from UEFA that said that the Liverpool fans uh, showed up late. Uh, there were claims from the Liverpool fans themselves and reporters that are on the scene saying that a lot of it came from the disorderly uh, disorganization from UEFA, the local authorities, and the security that was hired to handle the, the, the stadium and its uh, acceptance of ticket holders. Jack... Before we get into actual game, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I at, at first I was just like, I, you know, I, I was looking for any reason to root against Liverpool. So I was like, haha. And then I was like, ooh, this is not good because, yeah, that sucks. They like a few a few Liverpool fans without tickets jumped the gates. And so UEFA was like, what could we do? And instead of being like, you know, we're going to just bring more security guards to the gates to stop people from getting through. They're like, what if we shut down all the gates, but one, what a smart yeah. plan said. No one except for UEFA, I guess uh, mm -hmm. that's so dumb. And then also seeing the video of people like showing their tickets through the gate and then getting pepper sprayed. Crazy. That's that. That's inexcusable. Like that's that, yeah, it's inexcusable. Uh, you know, it, these people paid like I, I was watching a few videos on TikTok from from this one guy who's covering like the final uh, asking people how much they paid for the ticket. Some of these people paid three thousand euros or pounds for their tickets. Like, seriously, like th this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity for them. 
And for the response to be this from such a disorganized final, like, yes, uh, Paris was chosen, you know, relatively recently to host this final because it was supposed to be in St. Petersburg uh, this, this year, I believe. So they they had three months or actually, yeah, three months of preparation. But, you know, with three months, you're able to do something better than this. Like yeah. you, you can do something way better than what you produce there. Uh, it, it's it's really it's a really bad look for uh, the French Football Federation. It's a really bad look for UEFA. Uh, and it's, you know, on such a big sporting event, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be this unprepared for it. And it's not like Paris has never hosted like a major final or anything like this. Like, yeah. it's not it's not like they're completely clueless. They hosted the UEFA Euro final in 2016. Uh, they, they've they hosted other Champions League finals. So it's kind of ridiculous that they weren't able to get this done better and had to make such a dumb decision. Uh, seriously, just stupid all around from UEFA, which, you know. UEFA rarely make good decisions yeah. anyway. Yeah, par for the course, I should say. Yeah, it, it it's something that should have been easily dealt with. Should have had, you know, logistics are hard. I will admit, but when it comes to something like this big, you have to be able to handle it. No, no amount, no amount of, you know, ticket jumpers or whatever should lead to straight up police brutality it's very oh, yeah. very very there's no there's no justification there, there for is that none, kind of no. brutality it's actually in like this context so crazy crazy and hopefully something wishful thinking comes of it or at the very least people get more mad because that's cool too all right let's talk about the actual game now it was liverpool versus uh real madrid the the usual starters for each team started of course and right off the gate, Liverpool came out swinging uh, in the 21st minute. Mane cut inside and took a shot. I would say probably Liverpool's clearest chance in the first half, one of the, the best chances for either team in the first half. But uh, Courtois, a name that we we're going to hear a little bit more often in this uh, review, got a fingertip save on it to knock it off the post, which he then gathered pretty frantically. But great run in from uh, Mane to beat uh, the Real Madrid uh, defenders there on, on that left side, uh, Carvajal and Militao. And to get a, a nice shot off like that, it's impressive. Courtois, obviously, even more impressive. Yeah, that's the one he tipped onto the post, right? That, yep, yeah, yeah. that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, was, ma- I was making sure. I <laughs> yeah, very, very impressive save. I, I was about to jump out of my seat when I saw it. That, that was, was as good as a goal. Like, yeah. that, honestly, that, like the yeah. quality of that save, beautiful beautiful uh very open uh first half plenty plenty of uh, movement on on both sides i i thought that that liverpool obviously had the better of those chances it, when you look at the xg that also gets backed up 0.82 xg to 0.1 by real madrid that's not to say real madrid did not have their chances because of course uh in the what was what? What even uh, was it? The the forty uh, first? I want to say forty second, forty third, forty second, forty third. Sure, yeah. Uh, 
a ball from I believe I, I want to say it was Casemiro. I'm forgetting exactly who it was, uh, but a ball from Casemiro gets to Benzema. He gets inside wonderfully in order to render Robertson just completely useless, just destroys him. Uh, Allison and Konate then fumble the ball uh, as, you know, they try to try gather the shot. Uh, Valverde then pressures it off Konate and Fabinho, and the ball bounces off of Fabinho, who tries to clear the ball, slides in, and the ball then rolls over to Benzema, who's just, you know, standing over there, and he hits it in. And it's a goal. And they celebrate. Real Madrid fans are like, ah, ah wow, we scored. We're going to win the Champions League. It's never happened before. Uh, but the issue <laughs> is that there's only one defender in between the ball, him, or him and the goal when mm -hmm. he scores it and when he receives the ball. Which makes him offside. You know, there needs to be two defenders that could include the goalkeeper, but doesn't have to, in order for you to be onside. Jack, was he actually offside? No, he was what? not. Well, he it looks it looks like it. Yeah. At first I was yeah. like, at first I was like, oh, yeah, like the, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper is in front of him. Uh, so and there's only one defender back there. So, yeah, sure. Uh, but then you consider where the ball comes from. And the the thing that VAR said was like, oh, it has to be a uh, intentional hit by a Liverpool yeah, player, like right. like a, a, a deliberate play on the ball. And is, I think and yeah. they're like, no, it's not a deliberate play on the ball. And I. I don't get I think it. it is. It, I think it is. Here's the thing. The reason why it falls to Benzema is because Fabinho makes a deliberate play on the ball to try and tackle it yeah. to try and tackle and get the ball away. That is as deliberate as you can be. Like you can see him slide in there to try and do it. Like that's deliberate. I Yeah. Like it, that the if if the rule is interpreted in such a way where that is not a goal, then the rules need rewriting because yeah, that's it, about it, as deliberate as you can be. It's exactly the reason why I thought that Mbappe goal in the uh the Nations League final was offside mm -hmm. was because even if it isn't like 100% obvious, he is influencing play from an offside position, right? And therefore, that goal is offside. It's the exact opposite in this case, where somebody, because they're there, because Fabinho's there, he influences the play. If he wasn't there, if he wasn't running in like a madman, that ball would not fall to would likely not have fallen to Benzema. We can, there's no way to say it, but we know for a fact that because Fabinho was there, the ball did go to Benzema. It's like, you know, very one-to-one -one reasoning. Therefore, though, that was intentional, right? So that should have been considered on a side. And I understand, like, you know, I, I was listening to some podcasts talk about, like, the assistant referee, obviously, you know, he put the flag up, or she, I don't, I don't know who it was, uh, put the flag up and because because they saw that you know Benzema is an offside position must be offside right you go to VAR should be clear and obvious I thought that was also clear and obvious uh, aside from the play the ball I, the very first time I saw it I was like oh it bounces off Fabinho's leg very clearly a deliberate play within like five seconds I was like all right onside goal awarded nope Crazy. Not that it mattered at the end, obviously. Right. It didn't Real matter. At the end, winning. But, but if they lost, 
the internet would have been destroyed. Oh yeah. It, it would have, it would have been over. Uh, like yeah. that. I, I feel like that was such a, such a dumb decision, honestly, but you know what, whatever it, it if yeah. it didn't, if it, it, it didn't end up mattering. So it's fine. I yeah. guess it's not really fine because it sets a bad precedent for VAR once again, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And it didn't end up uh, mattering because in in the 59th minute in the second half, a Valverde ball, wonderful ball, you know, you know, cutting right through Kanate and Van Dyke, and most importantly, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was uh, marking a Vinicius Jr. Bare, trying to mark him more like. Try, trying to, <laughs> finish, uh, to, to mark Vinicius Jr. Uh, that ball finds, obviously, Vinny Jr., who... Might I say, had four goals and six assists, and he slots it home to make it one to zero Real Madrid, which ended up being the scoreline. Jack finishes junior, four goals and six assists in the Champions League. I should say, not just in the entire league. He, he he's had in the league in the cups way more goal contributions than that. But I mean, what a moment from a person who literally like last year. Benzema was caught on camera or recorded to have said, don't give the ball to Vinicius Jr. I think he's playing for the other team, something along those lines. Yeah. To go from that to quite literally one of the, the best seasons for a winger this year. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at the stats for La Liga alone mm-hmm. last season. Three goals and three assists last season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seventeen goals and ten assists this season. Gosh, that's, darn, bro. That's incredible. Like, what a turnaround! And like, it's crazy that literally last year, everyone was writing him off as a flop. Everyone. I was. I actually I wasn't. I I wasn't. I, but other people were. Yeah. Like he he had, to be fair, like he had he had played in what is that? Uh, over sixty games in La Liga, and had scored six goals. And right. at that point, you're like, yeah, I can kind of see it. But Real Madrid did something they rarely do, I feel like. And they didn't give up on a supposed like wonder kid at the first time of, fa- of like failing. Yeah, because he was only 20 last year, right? right he's yeah. only 21 now and he's banged in 17 goals in the league. <laughs> yeah. So like Incredible. and they didn't give up on him and it paid off. Uh, it paid and, off in this final. Yeah, it 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 caps off an incredible season from him. Uh, from being, you know, a player that you wouldn't have been shocked if Real Madrid sold him for like, you know, 15 million yeah. to being probably like one of the best winners in the game right now. Yeah. I 100 percent agree. I've been on this Vinicius Junior hype train since before he really blew up because I was like, guys, this youngster from Brazil, he's the he's the next guy, right? This is like back before what, like 2018, even when they originally signed him. And I, I was like, I was just like, this this I, I've seen this guy's highlights. He's really good. Even when he wasn't playing well, I was like, guys, he's 19 years old. You know what I was doing at 19? Not much. <laughs> yeah. Starting true. this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh so, you know, obviously he, he needed time to grow and grow he did, like his link-up play with Benzema. Benzema was obviously unfortunate to get a goal, but like him and Benzema played absolutely amazingly, not just in this game, but this entire season. Yeah. And I think this goal 
is what he deserves. Yeah, I do have a question about Vinicius for you. Did yeah. you fit because I know you're a big fan of this game. Uh, did you by any chance find him on Football Manager before before uh, he blew up? Is is that is it one of those cases? Football Manager 2017, I want to say I, I didn't sign him because uh, I didn't have the money for it. I, I think he did end up going to like Real Madrid or another big team. I, I was managing Arsenal uh, back then, Ooh, took them wow. to the Champions League. Uh, maybe, maybe that's why I, I believe in Arsenal so much. <laughs> I'm like, I'd be a better manager than Arteta because <laughs> uh, I have more trophies than him in Football Manager. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I feel like if you have played Football Manager, played FIFA, and you like are keep track of Wonder Kids, you, you pick up on a good amount of these uh Hlojek is isn't a one that i'm trying to sign in my current <laughs> save right now for west ham because uh, i think he's also a very good player only 19 he is uh, pretty good yeah uh but we're not talking about west ham or Hlojek. <laughs> we're talking about uh vinicius jr and real madrid yeah. and it stayed one to zero in this game because in the 82nd minute sala gets past mendy and tries to send the ball down to the left of the goal but Courtois saves it. He's able to get a hand up like super quickly and knock it off course. And all the back line starts jumping on him as if he scored a 90 plus 90 yeah. you know, minute goal. Because that's the influence that he's had on this game. Which is where I want to start talking about the man of the match. Undoubtedly, under no circumstances, was anyone even close to contributing as much as Courtois did. The goalkeeper for Real Madrid nine saves commanded the box truly a career defining game jack former chelsea man how do you think he did it 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 pains me to have to praise him so much because of how of how he left <laughs> chelsea but i've got to admit he he was great he was fantastic uh and man i some of the saves that he pulled off just you you just wonder how how yeah. in the world did he possibly do that? Those those two saves, especially like, yeah, it, sh it should have been one to zero in like the 22nd minute. It, it should have. And, you know, the honestly, like Courtois, uh, like Footmob only says he, he had like an 8.9 rating. And that's how I know Footmob is wrong half the time. Because <laughs> sure. that, that is that is if I've ever seen one, a 10 out of 10 match for that, a goalkeeper. That, yeah, that is a 10 out of 10 match making nine saves in a game like it's going to be a while before we see a goalkeeper performance in a final, a, a European final, that comes close to what Courtois did in this Do you want final. to know how many expected goals uh, he faced? How, how many did he face? Well, expected goals on target, which is, you know, what you measure for goalkeepers, mm -hmm. 2.5. They should have scored at least two three if you want to round up goals on courtois and he it, that didn't happen literally the only way this can become an even more perfect game for him is if he saved a penalty yeah literally the only way like uh, he, he he quoted and uh, jack so this will, will you know be entertaining for you back in england i don't get enough respect so well i showed it today i wanted to put some respect on my name there and he did he definitely did. I, I can't fault him. Real Madrid had only 0.92 XG. L Liverpool, despite, you know, not scoring any goals, 24 shots to Real Madrid's four. 
right? It's not that, I, I'll, I'll be honest, Liverpool, it, it, it wasn't for lack of trying. You know, uh, there's a stat that got posted by Opt Joe. You know, despite winning the League Cup and FA Cup, Liverpool failed to score a single goal in five and a half hours of football in major finals this season. You can blame it on poor finishing in the other two finals against Chelsea, even though it ended up not mattering there. I watched every single one of those games. And for this game especially, it wasn't about finishing. Nine times out of ten, Salah makes that goal. Nine out of ten times, uh, Mane probably scores that goal, even though it's a little bit further out. But Courtois was in the way. 24 shots to four shots, and having it be 1-0 to zero to Real Madrid, that is one person's legacy that gets cemented there, and that is the goalkeeper. And Yeah. I, I just thought it was wild. A wild game for sure. I, I, I think it honestly goes uh, among the top goalkeeper performances of all time. Yeah. Like, I, I think it does. Like with Tim Howard's a game against Belgium. Yeah. like or, or, or even with like Champions League performances, uh, Buffon versus Milan in 2003. Yeah. Uh, Neuer versus PSG was pretty good in 2020. Uh, Casillas versus... Uh, Bayer Leverkusen, yeah, right. I know my, I know my soccer. Two thousand two, or Jack Petersek in twenty twelve, yeah, right. Like, th- like this is the kind of th- things that gets you cemented in Real Madrid lore, right? Get, get getting you, get, getting a manager who deserves more uh, a trophy like that. Getting a team that has played at this level this entire season. I mean, wonderful, just wonderful. Unless, unless you're a Barcelona fan. Yeah. But it's or even Liverpool better fan. if you're a Manchester United fan. True. Yeah. If, or, if Liverpool had won this uh, game, they would have surpassed Manchester United for most trophies in England. Yeah. Like for an English team. And, you know, Manchester United fans, that's about all they have left going for them right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> True. They, they kind of needed that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so I'm happy that Real Madrid went, won. I, I was hoping that that they would win just because I, I i like some of their players yeah. a little bit more not that i i really care like i wouldn't have it cried if liverpool had no. won uh, uh but also yeah. the road to the final i mean yeah, i was just, just gonna say <laughs> it, it's it's incredible the champions of france uh the the winners of the champions league last season don't worry about that uh <laughs> and then the winners of uh, the Premier League the last two seasons yeah, in the semifinal. And in the group stage, they mm-hmm. played against the champions of Italy last season. Exactly. And Sh- uh, Sheriff, who is obviously the only team to have beaten Real Madrid that's, uh, this year. That's actually insane. That, that, that really is. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say, stop me if this is a hot take. I think... That in recent years, let's say the past 10 years, Real Madrid are the most deserving winners. In terms of quality of opponents, to go through Inter Milan, PSG, Chelsea, Manchester City, and have some pretty crazy, like, really gritty mentality games there, you know, the comeback against PSG, the comeback against Manchester City, easily dispatching uh, Chelsea, whatever, uh, pretty impressive i i think the only one that's close in recent years is bayern munich in 2019 2020 but even that is the caveat of the 
of the pandemic affecting yeah, it. But then, those were then like again, single legs though. They also like destroyed Barcelona in that though, and blew Tottenham out of the water in the group stage. Yeah, like, but who but, had reached the final the year before? So yes. Well, first of all, you know, you, you say Tottenham <laughs> made the final. I think they also had an, an easy run there. True. True. I, 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 I truly think that that they, outside of maybe. Barcelona in 2014-15 is another one. Uh, they got through City, PSG. I'm forgetting the semifinal team. Uh, Bayern. Oh yeah, Bayern yeah. Munich. Uh, and uh, Juventus in the final. Like that's also pretty impressive. But like the amount of like BS, not BS, but like the amount of crap that that Real Madrid had to like fight through in this campaign. I mean really really good and even if yeah e- even if liverpool won like it's not like they had a, a super easy uh way to the final either like Villarreal. Uh, mm, actually now i'm looking at it yeah <laughs> never mind. Yep. real madrid real madrid yes yes yeah. dude i mean the uh, the toughest one was inter like that was yeah. the toughest one they had to face yeah like sure benfica eh not the toughest <laughs> uh opposition. i mean they put up a good fight but they yeah. did take up Bayern, to be fair, Villarreal, but that was also kind of lucky in that in that game. I'm not gonna lie. So, so Real Madrid, I would say definitely the most deserving out of this campaign. I I honestly say last ten. Uh, Ancelotti has now won twice as a player, four times as a manager, five finals in eight years for Real Madrid, five wins. That's crazy, crazy, crazy record. Benzema now has five uh, Champions Leagues to his name crazy crazy best best french striker probably right now unfortunately for Giroud. i honestly i i don't i don't think you could argue it i can't at this point i i i i want to so badly but i know i can't unfortunately yeah it, it pains me to say that and anyone who's been listening to this podcast for like the any time over the past six months you know how much that hurt for me to just say yeah. but it, it's i can't deny it and and also Modric, Kroos, uh, fantastic midfield. Oh yeah, d- deserving win. They, uh, yeah, th- they swarmed uh, Luis Diaz to make him completely anonymous. Like they bossed the midfield. Uh, you know, shouts out to you know Mendy. I I feel like even though he got burned on that one chance, he's still pretty good. I mean, all the the defense, Militao, uh, Alaba as well, Courtois, obviously. Just, just like honestly, tactically, one of the perfect games for Real Madrid. Even if that didn't really show through the the shots stats. So, congratulations to Los Blancos, and I'm really excited to see uh, what's next for the Champions League next season. I thought this was a really exciting Champions League uh, season year, whatever. So, really happy about how all of that turned out. Jack, it's time to talk about. The other final, major final that happened this past uh, week, because Nottingham Forest and Huddersfield Town met on in Wembley, and you were giving me a, a before finger. before before you yeah, start. Yeah. Do you, do you do you want do you want to do some trivia? I you, oh sure. Do you have some trivia? <laughs> I do have some trivia. It's okay, about I, the Champions I, League. Uh, I, I would love to do some Champions League uh, trivia. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so. 
first question. These are pretty easy ones. I I came up with them pretty quickly, but you know, it's it's the end of the Champions League season. We we deserve to to have a little bit. So yeah, what was the highest scoring game in the knockout rounds on aggregate? On okay, on aggregate, I am going to go with. there's a few there's a few that are pretty close i'm I'm not gonna lie uh, i'm gonna go with real madrid and manchester city that is correct yes 11 goals on aggregate yeah there were actually two that were 10 goals on aggregate being benfica versus liverpool and salzburg versus bayern munich wow so uh, a lot of a lot of high scoring games on aggregate this season. Pretty inter- pretty interesting. Okay. But uh, yeah, the the next one that I've got for you here, and we'll we'll see we'll see it. <laughs> we'll see how well this one oh, goes. No. Uh, it's I, I think I think you can get this one. Who created the most chances in the Champions League the, this season? The most most chances? chances. A lot of good playmakers in the Champions League. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kevin De Bruyne of Manchester City. It's a good guess, is it? That's not right. It's obviously. it's not right. He's in second. I, oh, the first place on. player is actually Vinicius Junior. Thirty one chances that. created, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne twenty five. Not not. That's that's a pretty sizable gap between first and yeah, second. That is I, feel like, gap. I feel like we I don't should. get that too often in terms of like gaps from first to second. Yeah. All right. So next question. Can you name all oh, the teams that oh, had gosh. a perfect group stage? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. One of them was Liverpool. Yep. One of them was Ajax. Yep. There's one more. It wasn't Real Madrid, that's for sure. <laughs> True. Uh, We've, we, we just went over that, so. Can I get... Can, ha, okay, I got two. How many are there, like, in total? There are three. There are three that had a perfect group stage. It wasn't either of the Milan teams. P... No, because PSG is in... A group with Manchester City and that would make it weird. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with Bayern Munich. I feel like they didn't have a strong group. That is correct. They they did. They won all of their games. They were in a group with Benfica, Barcelona, and Dinamo Kiev. Yeah, because Barcelona's not strong, right? That's yeah, said not that. not not this season. Uh, at least yeah. at that point in the season, because they still had Ronald Koeman as manager. Yeah. So all another right. question about the group stage here. Okay. Can you name all oh, of the teams? That had zero wins. <laughs> Let's see. You got the top, the the cream of the crop. Can no, you get le- the bottom feeders? Le- legitimately, Shakhtar Donetsk. That's the only one I know. Re- that's Shakhtar. that's all you can. Th- there are. I I can give you a hint with how many there are. Sure, sure. It's not because... gonna help me. <laughs> <laughs> it might. There there are four. There are four. <sighs> no, no. I I can't like because because really, you can't. They're think smaller of, okay. teams. There's they're going to be smaller teams, but I don't know which smaller teams are going to be the ones that are like that bad. Because okay. like, like my my heart says like young boys, but 
if I was uneducated, I'd know that it, that it could be young boys. But since I am educated, I know that young boys, thanks to a Siabachu goal, yep. uh, they they won one game against Manchester United. That is that is correct. Yes. Uh, the other three teams. OK, yeah, I give up. Dinamo Kiev was one of them. OK, they took one point from their draw against Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> you've got Malma. Who took who took one point from a draw with that. Zenit, and then finally the worst team in the group stage this Champions League season. This is I thought you were going to get this one. Yeah, because we talked about them. It was is is Besiktas. Yes, you, go. you got you got it there. You get you got they're, it there. they're in a they're in, a, in the group with uh, Ajax, Sporting, and Dortmund. Yeah, you, re- you remember that there. There you yeah. go. Well, n- n- I remember us doing a news story about how much they sucked. And that's yeah, why yeah. I remember. <laughs> there you uh, go. We didn't we, see the thing is we just didn't talk about Dynamo Kiev or the, I don't even know the, the, the Malmo. The, yeah, that's fair. We don't, we, we don't talk about we, we didn't talk about them much. Uh, OK, I think I might have mentioned Malmo just because they were in a group with Chelsea. But sure, that, sure. That's probably it. We don't think about Sweden all that much. Yeah, I th- I, I hope they're Swedish. Otherwise, I'm going to get are. like they one. Are. OK, Don't worry. Don't <laughs> I was going to get like one angry person uh, on me. Uh, so one last question. OK. Can you name? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know I it, it, always, it always gets you stressed when, when, when it's the can you name. But can you name any of the players? <laughs> any. OK. Who had the most big chances missed? There are four who had who had that. And uh, I, I was I was tempted to do a tiebreaker on this based off of who had the lowest shot conversion rate from those big chances missed. But we'll, we'll just go with any of the any of the players okay. with the most big chances missed. Oh, man, because I have a feeling it has to be someone that like got past the group stage or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe someone was just like so bad that. They just missed a bunch. <laughs> Could be. And and here's the thing. Good players miss chances, you know? That's true. Not, that is true. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. I'm going to go... Hmm. I am going to go with chances missed. I'm going to go with... Even though they didn't make it out the group stage. Oh, no, no. Ronaldo <laughs> had some good games. No, did they make it out of the group stage? They, they made it out of the group stage, Oh, yeah, yes. I'm going to go with Ronaldo. Then. I'm going to go with Ronaldo. That is incorrect. Uh, I'm trying to see where he is. He, okay. he is in 35th. Well, okay. Uh, with oh, two that, big I, chances I sold missed. so bad. I sold so bad. 20% shot conversion rate. There are. Uh, I'm going to go in order of highest shot conversion rate to lowest for the, the four okay. players that had seven big chances missed. Okay. First... Mo Salah missed seven big chances, 14.8% shot conversion rate. Then okay. you've got Paulinho from Sporting CP, shot conversion rate of 13%. Right, Paulinho, of course, yeah, yeah. Raheem Sterling, uh, shot makes conversion sense, rate 12%. Sense. And honestly, this this was like, these were really bad numbers. I, I'm shocked because of how good he was in the league. Diogo Jota, seven missed chances, shot conversion rate wow. of just 5%. Oh, wow. That I, I was shocked when I when I was looking this up. I, I that's why I included this because yeah, I could cringe. I I had no clue that he was that inefficient in the Champions League because you, you wouldn't think it from scoring what twenty goals in the Premier League or something like that. 
yeah you know so, he's had he's had kind of a, a a bad end of season but you know, yeah he, for sure he, but for good i i still expected a little bit better i'm not sure, gonna lie. sure. <laughs> yeah all right well i did i got what two out of five you got three <laughs> right you got sure I think uh, I, I think no you, you that's right you did get two. Well, we we can go but with three. I, go I, with three. <laughs> I I think all the half credits add up to three. So yeah okay sure sure we'll, yes. we'll go. partial credit <laughs> engineering. I'll get, I'll get <laughs> all right, Jack. Now let's talk about some Nottingham Forest being the newly promoted team to the Premier League. Yes, this was a big game, Jack, mm-hmm. because Nottingham. Forest and Huddersfield Town met in Wembley Stadium just today. And the winner, the winner of this game will be promoted to the Premier League. And that's a big deal, right? Because you want to face yeah. the highest level of competition you possibly can, get exposed to more fans, you know, get get the chance to host some really big teams. But I would argue that this final financially is more important than the Champions League final that took place a day prior. There's a why? reason why they call it the most expensive game in football, because it, it is. I don't think there's anything more profitable than getting into the Premier League. According to, going off that, according to Deloitte's sports business group, Nottingham Forest, because they won, will secure revenues of at least £170 million pounds not that that's not overall that's like additional yeah 170 million pounds over the next three seasons if they survive their first Premier league season hard ask of course obviously of course, yeah but if they survive an additional future revenue could rise to more than 300 million pounds across the five years that's just again that's not winning the Premier league that's not you know, making Champions League. That's just existing in the Premier just League existing. as a team. That it, They're just breathing. They're just sitting. By sitting around in the Premier League, they can make $300 million if they survive the first season, of course. Yeah. That's nuts. And this happens, Jack. I'm, I'm sure you know the stat. How long has it been since Nottingham Forest has been in, in the Premier League? If you don't know, take a wild guess. 23 years, I believe, right? 23 years, yeah. Before we were even born. By two yeah. years. Yeah. We only know nottingham forest in the championship that's all we know <laughs> and now the former two-time european champions are in the premier league jack how much of this game were you able to catch the highlights the whole thing <laughs> the highlights because i was moving out oh, during this true. game unfortunately an excuse yeah i, I was I, I was you know listeners for the, for those of you still listening now i'll have you know i'm very dedicated to my soccer watching i was uh out to brunch with my girlfriend and her and our friend I was eating my pancakes and, and cheesy hash browns. I had I had the game on my phone right under the hash browns. I was watching. There you go. A little bit of applause there. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so to go over the game, uh, pretty open game. Uh, I I should say. Uh, that being said, the go- the only goal that did get scored was a little bit of a weird one. Uh, it was a call will own goal. Uh, Garner of Nottingham Forest, you know, tried to cross it in. It kind of bounces really off of Caldwell and past the Huddersfield Town goalkeeper and it's one to zero right before halftime obviously that's exactly when you want to score if you're going to score in the first half just to take the the the, uh the the sales out of Huddersfield Town and so I thought that was 
a weird goal to say the least, Jack. Would you agree? Yeah, it, it is a little bit of a weird goal, a, but a it, bit of it, a heartbreaker to go out like that. Oh, it sucks even more for me because Le- Levi Caldwell, he's on loan. And do you know what club he's on loan from? I'm going to guess uh, Chelsea FC now. That, you're bringing that, is, that is correct. Yes. Okay. And awesome. uh, that is our solution for losing Rudiger and Christensen. Next That's season. awesome. That's so I know. sick. <laughs> uh, that that he, he's been he's been fine. That yet you can't define a player by one moment, obviously, of course, of course. But of course, it had to be in the most in one of the most high profile games that he could possibly make such a terrible mistake. In, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there is that. <laughs> Each side had their chances in the first half, but it was the second half that I feel like it really, really opened up. Uh, this is where Huddersfield Town bounced back uh, had the 0.36 XG. Now that I'm thinking about it, or I th- I thought it was like pretty open. I suppose just like in like transition and open play in like the midfield. I guess in the shots, uh, I- I'm looking here. Uh, Nottingham Forest did not have a single shot within <laughs> w- within the box. It was yeah. only the Caldwell own goal that was in the box, and so XG uh, also because Huddersfield Town did not have a lot of shots. Period. It's pretty low. I still thought it was is a pretty like entertaining open game, but you know, stats say in terms of shots, not the case. Yeah. However, the the XG could have been higher because of some controversy. Huddersfield Town, I think, should be proud because it was the refs that screwed them. IMO, in my opinion. (laughs) Seventy second minute, Colback catches Tofolo. It's probably not at all how you pronounce that. When uh, Tofolo goes down, should have been a penalty, in my opinion, IMO, goes to the AR, no penalty. At first, I was like, oh, he dived, you know, Huddersfield Town player dived. He didn't, though. He tried to jump past uh, the Nottingham Forest uh, defender, Colbeck, to continue the run, but Colbeck's leg knocks into uh, Tofolo, which causes his legs to get tangled up, and he falls. Could have been a penalty. In my opinion, could have been a penalty. Could have gone either way if you, if you want to be like softer foul could have been incidental, but in, in my interpretation of the rules, I think it's a penalty. But referee John Moss, oh of course, was like, <laughs> of course, yeah, he's this is actually his last game ever. Oh Imagine wow, that. <laughs> wow, yeah. he, that's he, how he's, he's going out with this kind of decision. Wow, yeah, you know he he's uh, he's no longer refereeing, and instead he's going to apparently lead. All of the Premier League refs. He's going to be the the ref leader. I know. I know. Right. Is this is this a dystopian wasteland? Is that yeah. what we're living in now? Well, it's even more of a wasteland because instead of giving the penalty like he probably should have, he gave Colback, the person that got tackled, a yellow card for diving for simulation. Or Tofolo. Tofolo, the yellow. Gives Tofolo yeah. the yellow card. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. And then not ten minutes later, Jack and listeners, Max Lowe of Nottingham Forest again. Brings down Huddersfield's O'Brien in the box. And at no point, literally, you watch the replay, at zero points in that tackle, did he even think about making contact with the ball. He just (laughs) slammed that man to the ground. No penalty. Not even after VAR. You cannot be misusing VAR that badly. To the point where people are legitimately neutrals are thinking, like, is this game match fixed? I don't know. Did someone pay off the leaving John Moss to to not give any penalties or, or any advantage to to Huddersfield Town? Is this Italy in 2006? Exactly. Jack, 
we both wanted uh, Huddersfield Town to lose in Nottingham Forest to get promoted. Yes, this is true. That this is not the way we wanted them to win. That yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Is there anything else to say other than that? Uh, you missed the biggest part of the whole match. Ethan Horvath played one minute at the end of this game. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I feel like the entirety of the Nottingham Forest defense in that second half, other than the fact that they, you know, should have conceded two, uh, <laughs> two, two penalties there, yeah. two penalties. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Samba didn't really have to get called on until he went down injured in the 90th minute. And who else but Ethan Horvath, who's known for coming in as a substitute and <laughs> winning finals, comes in. Has at least one time that he touched the ball, I saw. <laughs> one time. But Jack, uh, that's not the only American that played. Dwayne Holmes, true. your favorite. Number 19, came in the 66th minute. Couldn't do anything. That's because they didn't start him. That That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Should have started should, him. Should have started him. If it was him getting tackled instead of O'Brien, it would have been Moss a penalty. Called it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because uh, John Mossy is the biggest U.S. men's national team fan. Of at, course. As is well course. documented, obviously. Course. Uh imagine if Dwayne Holmes took a took a penalty against Ethan Horvath. Oh my god. That'd be US, US men's national team Twitter would explode. Yes, that'd be awesome. But unfortunately or fortunately that that didn't happen. Now Nottingham Forest is going up uh accompanying uh Fulham and the other team that I'm Bournemouth. getting. Uh uh yeah, Bournemouth yep. into the uh, the upper echelons of English football. Fulham I'm 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 happy to see all these teams uh, go up. I know Jack, you're not a, obviously as a Chelsea fan, you're not a, a huge Fulham supporter. Uh, I'm f- I'm fine because it means Reem and Robinson are coming up. That yes. that's that's what I'm fine with. Can I say, Craven Cottage, cool stadium, uh, Bournemouth's Cherry Field Park, whatever it's called. I don't know. Cherry Field. Called. Park. You know they're called the Cherries, whatever. <laughs> uh, it is like I I want to say it's still twelve thousand seater. It's I think it's Vitality s- Stadium. I think Vi- that's what it's called. If if you're able to, to pull that out of your butt just like that, I'd be very impressed. I, but, I'm I'm looking it up just to confirm while you. But 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 Bournemouth Stadium also very a very interesting uh, stadium because it's so small and obviously Nottingham Forest being gone for twenty three years having such a historical historical uh, past in the first division very entertaining to see them back. Other than Luton Town, these are the three teams I wanted to see promoted in the top six. Huddersfield Town, boring logo. We've seen them before. Sheffield United. Uh, it's uh, not going to show up on there, too. but it, it's called the Vitality Stadium. I'm no, You're crazy, I, Jack. You're crazy. Congratulations. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I, I cannot remember. Still 11,000, like actually, is how many 11,000, even, even smaller. So that's really cool to see. Sheffield United, I was just saying, like, we've seen them before. They, you know sharpen all of them let us down uh before so getting some new blood or at least some entertaining blood is going to be really interesting in the premier league i'm really excited to see what happens in the premier league because what we lost norwich burnley oh no. and watford oh no, oh no. <laughs> and honestly in terms of entertainment i think these three teams are going to be a lot of fun yeah Knock on I, I i think i think they're they're going to be great bournemouth always I'm not as as excited about Bournemouth because no matter what, they always seem to give Chelsea trouble. It doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, they always do. Uh, and, you know, Fulham, it's going to be good because, you know, un- that that's two West London derbies that Chelsea are going to get next season. Great, great as a Chelsea fan with Brentford and Fulham. So that's cool. And then 
with uh, Nottingham Forest making it in, you you feel like they deserve to be in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know, I and with the season they had, the turnaround from the beginning of the season where we were like, man, they're going to get relegated. Like to promoted. Yeah, uh, exactly. 70 uh, million. Yeah, that, that's crazy. Like you you would if you had watched their first two games, you and someone came from the future and was like, yeah, they're getting promoted to the Premier League. You would have been you you would have you would not have believed it. I would have laughed all. and spit in their face. Yeah, there there there's no way. Like, yeah. but Steve Cooper, got to give Wonderful. credit to him. Yeah, fantastic work he did. Fantastic work, and Jack, fantastic work with the the entirety of the the championship coverage. I I, we, I feel like not a lot of podcasts talk about the championship, but I feel like through you know us previewing it, us talking. Uh, about how it's going, you, you covering stuff like uh, the Cardiff City stuff, uh, uh, this is some of the, the relegation and promotion candidates up until April when we went over the end of the season, what it was looking like. I think it was pretty cool. We, we like to pride ourselves on talking about uh, all, all the, the, the facets of football. And I think, Jack, you did a great job covering the championship. Oh, um, thanks. So everyone for Jack. <laughs> and Jack, if people want to hear... More about the Champions League and us talking about the championship in the future. Where can they find us on social media? They can check out our Twitter at Final Third Show. Uh, you should definitely go on there because, as we said, Twitter space sometime on Tuesday, uh, 6.30 to 7 p.m., some, sometime around there, starting around then. Uh, and you're not going to want to miss that. Our 250 follower special, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Be there or be square. We're talking about a lot of cool things. And of course, me asking if Jack wants to talk about the Twitter account is a cue for us to end the show there Uh, at uh, not at final third show. Final third show dot com is our website. If you want to have a one stop shop for all things final third show podcast, whatever. Uh, That's really cool. Tell your friend about the show. I'm sure they would love, love, love to hear about us. Talk about Real Madrid as long as you're not a Liverpool fan. Tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he's a diehard Nottingham Forest fan going all the way until the 70s. And I'm sure he'd love to hear this as well. And yeah, we'll see you guys this Thursday for a Best 11 themed deep dive. We'll see you guys next Monday for a news and predictions episode about something. I'm sure there's some news out there that we're going to talk Hopefully. about. Hopefully. Other, otherwise, that, that's not good for business. <laughs> other, otherwise, it's going to be an entire episode of Transfer Hot or Not. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we'll see you then. See ya. Bye for now.